and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast. I'm Raven, and I'm here with Andrew, one of our pastors at Providence Church. The goal of this podcast is to form disciples to live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Today, we're discussing Advent. It's my favorite season. It's Advent season. Oh, wait, Advent is your favorite season? Yeah, it is. Oh, I love it. Why? I just love the fact that we get to slow down and focus on him in a time that's otherwise very busy and hectic. Wow, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. Actually, I think either last year or the year before that, we didn't record an episode over Advent, so I had to record an episode by myself introducing an old advent episode and i said really? on that episode this is my favorite season <laughs> so yeah, yeah it does make sense you wouldn't have known. right <laughs> yeah. well i mean yeah you don't really go back and listen to them right i don't usually did you end up oh. listening to the one with brooke yeah i listened to it really you're lying no i'm not <laughs> i did listen to it wait why did you make that face i just didn't listen to all of it but what i the hell? Well, okay, that's why I didn't say it because I why? thought you'd be offended. Yeah, I am. Well, just, you know, my drive was 15 minutes or whatever. And so I listened to part of it and then I got sidetracked. You know what happens often? Here's what happens. When I'm in my car with my kids, we always have to be listening to some sort of music or something. So when I'm by myself, I'll listen to a podcast. So it must have, that's, that oh, must have been what it happened. Okay. I probably listened to it. Then they got in the car and, you know, I couldn't help it. Really what he's saying is he listened to the first 15 minutes, realized that we were on track biblically. He tuned out after that and was oh. like, okay, we're good to go. No, I thought it was very helpful. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So well, I do listen to some of them. That's good. That's good. I appreciate that. Well, anyway, today, you guys, we are talking about Advent and Advent essentially means arrival or coming into place. And Advent is a... Would you say it's like a season in the church calendar yes. or so ancient churches have a church calendar? Is that how it works? And they just have different times during the year and Advent's one of them that they celebrate? <laughs> well, the church as a whole has a church calendar. Uh, it's just a lot of Protestant churches don't necessarily use that. I think it's maybe in part from, you know, as Protestants, we protested from the Roman Catholic Church and all the high church structure stuff. And so churches like ours tend to look down on church calendars, seasons, things that feel almost like we're making too much out of a particular day or season or thing, even something we don't like physical things as much. We get kind of nervous about that. So I think we don't really observe that. But for the most part, churches as a whole for a long time have observed a church calendar which all that means is that it is helping Christians live into the life of Christ in different seasons. Mm. So basically, you know how like our calendar works. We have a new year, um, January 1st. We have different seasons. So we have spring and we have summer and we have fall and we have winter. And those things just bring about different activities. They bring about different uh, things you can not only do, but just experience different clothing, different types of feels and emotions that come at different ones. You have different holidays for each one. Well, the church calendar has the same thing. It's just instead of going with the climate or the natural world kind of cycle, it's going with the cycle of Christ's life. And so Advent actually begins the year for Christians. Oh, interesting. Which is odd because it ends our year because it's through December. But in the church calendar, it hmm. begins the year. And you might even have 
I was going to say a snarky pastor at some point. I've heard <laughs> people will like say Happy New Year or something on the first Sunday of Advent in a church because oh, technically for Christians, this is the beginning of the new year because what Advent does is it is reminding us of the longing that primarily the Old Testament people of God had for their Messiah to come. Their whole hope was wrapped up in one day the Messiah will come, God will send a deliverer for his people to save them. And so Advent is that kind of season. And so it begins our year by reminding us of our need and longing for a savior. Yeah, which in the past at Providence, well, really just last year, we did a guide that kind of walked us through that longing. And then we had that fulfillment of Christ's coming in the form of a boy in a manger. And that was like the culmination of everything on Christmas Eve. But this year it looks a little bit different. We're longing, but the end of our longing isn't the result of celebration essentially in the birth of a baby boy, like it would traditionally. It is, but it isn't. We're I know taking you're a about little to like different approach. change it. Yes. I'm not changing. What do you mean? I'm going to change the whole series? Or no, 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 no. I meant you were going to tweak what I was about to say, but no. I'm just saying it's looking a little different this year. Yeah. How would you describe it? We are talking about Revelation, which is Surprise. scary for people sometimes because they're like, what do you mean? We're talking about Revelation. What about the manger story? How disappointed do you think people are in hearing you say that right now? Well, to be honest, when I told my husband, he immediately was like, mm, no, I don't feel good about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if people feel the same or what, but I told him, you'll come around. It'll be yeah. great. Well, have you? Because I mean, I pitched the idea to you however long ago when we were working on the guide and getting ready for the series. What was your first thoughts of, okay, we're going to be focusing on Revelation without any of the background stuff, just saying that to now, how you feel about it? To be honest, you told me about this a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And so I already knew that you and Jared had been wanting to do this for over five years. And when I know that you guys have thought about something for that long, I'm like, oh, it's probably good. Like, we're probably going to do it. So I didn't really have any big like, whoa, what in the world? I just thought at first, oh, that's weird. But like, okay, we're probably going to be doing it. People are going to love it. That's a lot of trust that you have in us. Yeah, I think it's because with other things that you guys have sat on, thought about for a long time and then implemented, they're great. And so it's kind of just like, well, following that track record, it's going to be awesome. Well, let me speak then for a moment to Kellen or people like him (laughs) that are skeptical. So here's kind of our thought. As Raven said, we had this idea like at the beginning of our church and for a variety of reasons, we just never felt it was the right season to do it. But what tends to happen in Advent is the purpose is to help you long for Jesus. Uh, That's again, just like a normal calendar the fall has certain rhythms, certain desires, certain emotions, certain events that happen in the fall. So even as I'm saying that, we're kind of starting to come out of that season a little bit, but we're still there. So you think about maybe college football or high school football, you think of leaves, you think of things you drink, you think of the clothes you wear in the fall, the feelings you have, maybe your birthday's in the fall, maybe there's a Labor Day trip, maybe there's which is kind of summer, I guess, maybe the end of that or the beginning of fall. You think of maybe Halloween or Thanksgiving. So you have all these different emotions, events, activities, stuff that you love to do. So even when I say the season of fall, there's probably pictures, images, feelings that come to mind. Well, the same thing is true in the church calendar. And Advent is designed to help us feel our longing for Jesus. And so what historically is the norm is you look back into the Old Testament a lot. So you look at all these different passages where God is promising his people that he will one day send a deliverer. 
and then they wait. They assess, I mean, generation after generation, year after year, they wait for this king. They wait for their deliverer. They wait for their redeemer. Over and over and over, God makes the promises, and the people wait. And so what we do in Advent is we try to help us feel what that was like to long for a Savior so that on Christmas morning, when we get to celebrate his birth, then we experience the fulfillment of that longing. And what it's meant to do is help us as Christians today not long for and desire all these random things in the world, but primarily long for Jesus and know that he fulfills and satisfies. So that's kind of the historical norm. But while we do want to relate to the Old Testament people of God in that way and feel that, we do live in a different age today. So we are 2,000 years past the first coming or the first advent of Jesus. And so while we do want to long for him in that same way, we also aren't in that age. And so we know that he has arrived. We know what he's done. And we live in a day today where we are actually longing for another advent, his second coming, which we're going to do an episode next time on that. And so we always like during sermons or during guides or stuff, we kind of look back, we celebrate that he has come. And then there's kind of this tag on of like, and so we too wait for a second Mm -hmm. coming. So basically what we decided to do this year was instead of primarily looking at the Old Testament, seeing our longing met in his first coming, and then a little add on of, and we too long for his second coming, we're basically just shifting the emphasis to our specific longing and our age where we live in the stage between his first coming and longing for his second coming when he's going to make all things new, have the new heavens and new earth established, and where there's only going to be life and light and joy and peace and justice forevermore. And so we're just emphasizing that more this year. And so we're looking at the end of Revelation when it talks about what that end is going to be like. Have you seen any other guides that have done this? I don't think I've seen an Advent guide yeah. specifically. I know some, I've never been in a church that is focused on this, but I do know that there are some, or there's been some sermons that hit on it because that is that is our longing today. It's not so much, Jesus, would you incarnate or put on flesh, but Jesus, would you come again? I mean, the end mm-hmm. of Revelation says that all the saints will cry out until his return, come Lord Jesus, come. So that is our day. So I think it's appropriate and right for us to focus on that one advent, but I fully am aware that it sounds weird, that it's mm-hmm. going to feel weird. And even I'm a very traditional mm-hmm. Christmas advent type person. And so I know as you're trying to think through, let's hit the Isaiah passages of, you know, for to us, a son is given or um, that a baby will be born to a virgin. His name will be Emmanuel, Matthew 1, that he has come. He's going to save his people from their sins. The story in Luke of the shepherds and the angels. I'm all for all of that stuff. We just wanted to take one year and kind of help orient our church. I think partially too, because this might be honestly why this year felt right. It has just felt like a very hard year for Mm -hmm. a lot of people in our church, a lot of challenges that have happened within our church. And I think orienting our people around the reality that there is hope and life to come when Jesus returns and that he is going to wipe away every tear, death will be no more, there is only going to be light and life forever. I think we just felt like this is the year to offer that hope and focus on that. So I know it's different. I know it's hard for the traditionalists like myself, 
but next year we'll probably move back to something else. But I do think there's something unique and beautiful about this season in that. Yeah, I personally think it's great and I'm glad that we're doing it because as we'll get into next week, a lot of times we can forget that Jesus is coming again and not actually focus on his second coming. And I think if we do focus on his second coming, it does give us a unique hope for today. And so I do think it's really cool that we're shifting our focus this year. And it's not just a tag on at the end, as you were saying, um, but it's actually a, no, we're going to focus on this and have it be one of our primary focuses this year. Okay. So this episode is coming out the week before Advent, right? Mm -hmm. So our guide is actually starting this week. So hopefully if someone's listened to this, they're already in it because we handed them out on Sunday. Is yep, that right? Yep. And if you don't have a guide, then you can actually go to our website, providenceomaha.org. You'll click on Advent Guide and you can have a digital download in order to follow along. Perfect. So as people are getting into it, let's just give them a little bit of a vision for maybe the guide specifically. So first, let me ask you this. We've just said we're looking at Revelation to think about Advent and the birth of Christ. For most people, again, that's going to sound odd, and they might be thinking all the scary images and the bowls and the judgment and all these different things. So help us understand what exactly are we focusing in on in Revelation for this Advent season? Yeah, so this year we are focusing on five different themes, and the titles of those themes are He's Coming to Make All Things New, He's Coming to Dwell with Us, He's Coming to Give Life, He's coming to come again, and he's coming to reign forever. And those just focus on different aspects of Christ's coming again throughout Revelation. Why do you think those are important for us to think about during Advent, those types of themes? Mm -hmm. I think they're helpful for us during Advent because one, they hit on kind of the traditional themes. So last year we kind of had that theme of he's coming to dwell and be with us. And it fulfills that longing inside of us to have him with us and to be reunited with him. But I also think those themes are helpful because it hits on just the characteristics of who Christ is. The fact that he makes all things new. The fact that he has been and was and is the giver of life. And also the fact that he is all powerful and he'll reign forever. So I feel like what's helpful about that is during Advent, we slow down and remember Christ and, you know, who he is and what he came to do and the fact that he's coming again. But we also get to have this like deep relationship with him and really connect with him. And I feel like those themes from Revelation are helpful because they remind us that this all powerful God loves us so much that we actually get to have a relationship with him and build on that. And we get to have that be made full, like completely whole when he comes back. Yeah. So is the whole guide all over Revelation, or how does the guide work? Yeah, so there are a couple of sections. The first one is an individual section where there are three devotionals each week that you can go through. The first devotional focuses on the Old Testament, and it kind of leaves you with this feeling of longing and desiring for Christ to come back. The second week focuses on a gospel passage, and that kind of gets you a little bit closer to fulfilling that need of like, okay, what does my soul long for? Well, it longs for Christ. But then that need isn't really fulfilled until Sunday, which we'll get to. But then the third individual devotional focuses on a New Testament passage, talking about how Christ has come and talking about the character of Christ. And then the next 
part that week is a family devotional that you can go through with younger kids and talk about it as a family. And then it all culminates on Sunday where we get to really talk about the fullness of Christ coming again. How excited do you think parents are to talk about Revelation (laughs) with their kids? I bet they're honestly sitting there going, how on earth are we going to say that? Well, thankfully, we had some amazing writers put stuff together in true and good and right ways that are also very accessible for different ages of kids, which is awesome. Yes, and it's helpful too because there's a little devotional section for the parents first specifically to help you orient your mind around it. And then, yes, the devotionals and the little questions for kids. Our team just did a great job making that accessible. Which isn't easy to not make it shallow. So make it true and right, but also make it easy to understand for a Mm four-year-old or a seven-year-old or whatever. And there's fun activities and songs and little, you know, statements to memorize throughout the week Mm -hmm. for the kids. So they did a great job on that. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. And then Sunday, there's a notes page that you can take notes over the sermon and then also the corporate prayer that we'll say in the gathering. You have that there as well. Yeah. I do love that. Again, while we're saying we're primarily focusing on revelation, I like how you mentioned that really is only the culmination of the season for us that even in the individual guide. So our hope is that everyone in our church each week leading up to the Sunday will go through the whole storyline of that theme. So week one, for instance, that people are in right now, they're looking at the reality that when everything was broken, God promises to make things fixed and better and Mm -hmm. good again. And so we're just going to trace that theme through the whole Bible. And so we're going to look in the Old Testament and see the brokenness and feel that like we need something to be made right. We need things to be overturned. We need things to be made whole. We need the wrongs done to have judgment. Like we need something to happen to the brokenness we feel. And I love that the first guide or the first article just leaves us there. And it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, we need to feel that for a day or two of like, I need something to be made whole. And then we do see the gospel picture in the second one of Jesus coming to do that. That That is what he began to do is to overthrow evil and our enemy and make things new again. And then we get the New Testament passage of what life looks like today while that's begun. But kind of what we said, it's not done yet, which is where we get to at the end in Revelation that he is coming back to make all things new. He'll judge the wicked and he'll deliver those in him. And so I just love that each week, it's not only focusing on Revelation, it's just every Sunday we're culminating the whole theme or the week, but really we're just tracing those themes through the Bible, which I think hopefully are really helpful for people to see that longing you feel, that's, that's a good and right thing to long for something to be made new. And we're helping people see how God is making those things new. Yes, and to further help you kind of sit in that longing, understand the beauty of Christ coming, and then also looking at Jesus's character, we have certain sections on those individual guides. It's like a reflection section, but for the Old Testament passages, we have you contemplate what life would actually be like for the Israelites back in that time. And that's just to put yourself there in the story and to really just consider, okay, what were they feeling and what would it be like to long like they longed? And how is that kind of similar to what I do today? But then in the Gospels passages, you end with just a reflection question of, okay, what does this actually communicate about Christ's character and the heart of God? And those questions are really born out of the desire to have you focus on Christ's character and like the relational aspects that we have with him. 
in the final individual article that focuses on the New Testament, you end with journaling and actually journaling to kind of interact with the passage in a unique way and also just kind of set what you've learned in your own heart and write it down in a way that can be memorable for you moving forward. Right. And then the hope for Sunday is that it feels like a, is it like a celebration? Is it just mm-hmm. purely a culmination of all these things that, as you just mentioned, are we're trying to weave into our hearts? Or, or what's the hope then for people to walk in on a Sunday? What is the Advent season? What are we trying to get to for them? Yeah. I mean, you can tell me if this is not what you were thinking, but I think really Sunday you get to that morning and you get to celebrate the fact that our hope ultimately is in Christ and his second coming and he will for sure come again. And so it's supposed to be a big celebratory thing and a time of true celebration in Christ and who he is and his return. I think that's great. And I do hope that happens for our church. And uh, we had a bunch of people help with mm-hmm. this project. We had family writers, we had individual writers, we had editors, we had um, graphic design for some of it. We had illustrations drawn for some of it. So check out the book. All the people that have helped us are in there. Raven, you also did a great job of kind of organizing and making it all happen. And you spent a ton of time and hours and energy over the last you know couple of weeks to make this thing become a reality, which I think is gonna be really helpful. So maybe for you mm-hmm. within that, all the time, energy you spent to make this happen, what is maybe a final hope that you have for people to experience, to feel, to know, whatever that might be during this Advent season? Well, I just want to go on record that Andrew and I did this together. He did an incredible job organizing writers, praying through what this looks like and allowing this to be something that would be incredibly helpful for our church. So thank you for doing that. I would say I really want people to go through this Advent season having a deeper hope in Christ and for his second coming and actually feeling relationally connected with him through that. So like spending each week, not just thinking, Oh, this is so far off and distant, but realizing and recognizing, Oh no, Christ wants an intimate, deep relationship with me. This is what he has done. This is what he's doing in my life. And this is what he will do for all of humanity. And so basically just kind of One, having an intimate relationship with Christ, but then also zooming out and seeing how his second coming will not only impact our own lives, but everyone's here on this side of eternity. Andrew, last question. You've been wanting to do this for six, seven years. How does it feel to actually see it happen? And what is something that you are excited for people to think about as they go through the guide? Well, maybe ask me how it feels once the season's over in case it bombs. But <laughs> word. I think it's exciting because I love the lowliness and the humility and the beauty of the silent night and all of those feels and realities of what his birth really meant. But when you look at Revelation and what we're going to actually hit on on Christmas Eve is Revelation has a passage where there's this imagery surrounding this great battle that's happening in the birth of a baby and there's this cosmic war that's like going on and i think while we do want to focus on and look at the humility and the lowliness of his birth i think for us then we can miss the reality that this was god sending his warrior to be the one 
lowly at first who would then give up his life to die on a cross, rise again, and ascend to be the king of kings. Philippians 2 says he's the name above all names. And so I think we can miss the reality that from God's vantage point, this was the beginning of the end, is that when Christ came, war was happening on all of our enemies. And so, yes, we relate to the longing. Yes, we need the lowliness and the humility of that scene. And yes, we need to know that our hope is sure, because actually the passage in Isaiah 7 that gets quoted a lot on Christmas where um, Isaiah is giving a sign to King Ahaz, and it's a sign that even in the great turmoil of what's going on right now, and he was going to get defeated from these other nations and enemies, God says, ask for a sign, I will give you one, and that sign will tell you that I will be victorious, that all of your hope will be found And Ahaz says, no, 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 I don't need a sign, whatever. And God rebukes him and says, no, I'm going to give you one anyway. And it's going to be this boy, and his name's going to be called Emmanuel. And that's going to prove to you that I'm with you and that I will be victorious in the end. And so when we get to Matthew 1, and it says this baby is being born, he's going to be a boy. His name is Jesus because he'll save his people from his sins, and he will be called Emmanuel because God is with us. It's not just the lowliness. That sign from Isaiah 7 is proof that God is going to be victorious over all of our enemies, and he will win in the end, and that birth solidifies it. And in Revelation, we get that picture of this cosmic war, and that birth, even the enemy knows he wants to stop it because he knows when that birth happens, it's over. Like, that's the beginning of the end. And I want us to feel that sense of confidence in places of fatigue, weariness, turmoil, hardship, illness, death, that this birth means God is going to win in the end. There is victory for us and that all things are going to be made new and he's taking care of us. Even if it doesn't feel like it in the moment, he is going to win. And this birth signifies Emmanuel, God with us and his victory forevermore. Thank you for joining us today. The goal of the Christian Formation Podcast is to live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Please like this, rate it, review it, share it so that it can get out to more people. If you have any questions, email us at formation at providenceomaha.org. We'll see you next week.